a little bit about us. Uh, yeah, I, I did get a, a text from Thomas Losey saying something about uh, welcome home to Gretna, and I thought, oh yeah, we lived 15 years in the parsonage, and that's the longest I ever lived in one house in my life. Yeah, yeah. And then when we left here, we went to uh, Pleasant Hill, Ohio, to serve the congregation there, and we were there for 14 years, and uh, so thank you for your prayers uh, during all of that time for, for us. And, and it's, yeah, it's fun running into you different places. Uh, we, we run into a variety of you different places and over the years, and that's, that's always a, a joy. Uh, but my, my last Sunday at Pleasant Hill was January 26th, and they've given us an extra month. Well, I actually requested an extra month to get everything moved out, so we're, that's why this coming week we're going to finish packing boxes and move things into storage because, yeah, we don't know where we're going next. Uh, I'm 65, and uh, we're just calling this as your pastor. You know, it, we're calling it a transitional sabbatical. We're, you know, we've we've uh, resigned where we have been the last 14 years. Uh, we're just going to take a break. We're going to do some traveling and just do what we're doing today. Yeah, just be with some friends, be with some family, do some sightseeing, and we're planning on doing that for about seven months. So we're just going to put stuff into storage. We're going to hop in the car with our tent. And just do some traveling. So uh, maybe I'm thinking maybe around September I'll be ready to settle down and maybe get a, a small congregation that can only afford a part-time pastor and I'll go into semi-retirement at that time. But uh, that, that's kind of the plan. That's kind of what's happening with us. And Susie's going to give you an update. Need a microphone? Yeah, there it is. Uh, about the girls. I'll give it to Paul. Okay. Thank you. Technically challenged. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah Lita is um, three hours in Worcester with her husband, and um, we're praising God that she still worships God and she's teaching her children to worship God and her husband is as well. They have three little ones and one more coming on the way. Uh, yes, um, August 22nd. Uh, you know someone August 22nd. Awesome. Well, good things happen on the 22nd of August. Hallelujah. And um, <clears throat> uh, her oldest is five, and um, she is very excited to just have to sit in a car seat, in a booster seat instead of a car seat. And she has a three-year-old girl and a one-year-old uh, boy. And she is um, a counselor, what she call herself, a... Um, Anyway, uh, a counselor uh, two days a week, and her mother-in-law takes care of the kiddos while she's working, and um, she is also an adjunct professor and working on her doctorate to be a full-time professor. So, yeah, uh, we think God's a little bit crazy, but 
you know, he's our God, and he knows better than we do, but I think he's stretching her. That's what I think of him. Um, and then Lana is three hours south in Louisville, Kentucky, with her husband and four children. Um, she is a speech therapist selling a device called an eye gaze edge um, for people that cannot speak, you know. And, um, and this is a um, computer system, I guess you'd call it. Anyway, you use your eyes and then the computer talks for you. Um, she has two biological children, boy and girl, and two years ago they adopted two from China. And um, so right now, today, or yesterday, um, it was well with our souls. Um, two days prior to that, and quite a bit before that, ooh boy, it was not so well um, with our souls. Um, Lana thought for sure her son, adopted son, <clears throat> um, should be sore from all the spankings that he got that day. Um, and uh, what was that other song? If God is for us and adoption, then, and he is awesome in power and healer, um, and he doesn't give up, um, then surely he will somehow see this family through I don't know how many years, but um, it is a challenge. But today is a good day, and uh, God answered prayer. Thank you, God. Um, yes, and even bigger than um, I even asked. Uh, she has a different attitude about the kids and their time when they go, oh, I don't know how to do anything you're telling me to do. And um, being mean to their siblings. And, um, and now she's like, okay, you know, it's all right. You don't want a family. You can spend time in your room. And everybody else is much more peaceful. So hallelujah. And then he gave her a computer program because she homeschools and they all love it and it is like a break for her which she definitely needs so thank you god okay well thank you susie for sharing that uh yeah as i've been going through things in my office i happen to find this little piece of paper and i save you probably already know i save everything and until this last week, and now I'm starting to get rid of things. But uh, this I, it was a little note I made to myself back before I resigned here, you know, like, like almost 15 years ago. And uh, here's the note. It's, I wrote in here, for Gretna. Why did God bring me here? To love you the way he loves you. Why is he taking me away? There are people who need me to love them the way he loves them. And, uh, yeah, it was true 14, 15 years ago, and it's still true, you know, that the, the Lord very clearly took me to a congregation where they needed somebody to love them, just like when he brought me here, he needed, he brought me here to love you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly what, what the Lord did. So, 
thank you for, like when Susie and Glenn and Lita and Alana and I all first came, thank you for accepting us and loving us just as we were, and uh, you know, thanks for continuing to accept us and love us while we were here, and thanks for accepting us and welcoming us back and loving us today. Uh, it's just really a blessed privilege being with you. I mean, it's, it's been obvious when we first came and, and even till now how much you love the Lord, how much you love this church, you know, how much you love you know, his kingdom work. And uh, yeah, so thank you for welcoming us back today. It's just a, a thrill and a privilege to be here with you today. So, uh, yeah, even speaking today, uh, yeah, yeah, I resigned, and, you know, when you resign, you can't keep worshiping there, you know. It's just across the road, because we haven't left yet, but, uh, so I called Rob or sent an email or text or whatever I did. Where is Rob? I'm going to be, there he is, way back there, okay. Yeah, so I just said, hey, okay, if Susie and I come and worship with you on the 23rd, and they said, oh, sure, and then he says, uh, would you like to speak? Uh, well, what do you mean? What would I like to speak? What do you mean by that? He says, well, you know, has the Lord given you a message? Uh, well, yeah, I, w- I would love to speak. And it surprised, you know, Susie especially. Susie would be like, what? You're on sabbatical. You're not supposed to be preaching on sabbatical, you know. And, uh, and then so I replied, yeah, I'd love to preach. So it surprised Susie, surprised Rob, surprised me, you know, surprised everybody. But, uh, but I, in my reply, I said, well, if you think Psalm 1914 would be a good message, yes, I would love to preach. So, so here I am. And uh, yeah, so our scripture reading is uh, Psalm 1914. And at least when I was pastor here, we would always stand for the scripture. Don't know if you still do that or not, but if you would please stand. And it's right up here on the screen. And I would invite anybody who wants to read it to read it with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. May the Lord bless this reading of his word. You may be seated. This scripture, and if you wouldn't mind just leaving it up there for the whole message, yeah, this, well, yeah, I guess for the whole message. Anyhow, yeah, this scripture is really a prayer. And for me, it's a daily prayer. Now, maybe I miss a day here and there, but the idea is typically when I wake up and Susie wakes up, we say this prayer together before we get out of bed. Or I might go to the bathroom first and then come back, and then we say the prayer. But the idea is, you know, there you go, I'm 65, you know. Uh, but yeah, so even before we get out of bed, you know, may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart be acceptable or pleasing. To you, Lord, our strength and redeemer. Because obviously, not all the words of my mouth are acceptable and pleasing in his sight. Not all of the meditations of my heart are pleasing and acceptable unto him. For instance, uh, <clears throat> the end of December, Susie and I went to Louisville, Kentucky, to be with Lana, watch the kids. And uh, so we took him to the zoo. And uh, so we have our, you know, the two natural born and the two adopted, you know, all four of them, and Susie and I are, are doing the zoo together. And the day really did go well. I mean, the, the kids got along fine. You know, we saw pretty much everything that, that you could possibly see. So the day's at an end. The girls are in the bathroom. 
know, the girls do that together, you know, they all do that together. So, so the girls are all in the bathroom together, and the fellas were just waiting outside. Well, the two little grandsons start playing tag. Well, you know how that's going to end. You know, seven-year-old, five-year-old, one is it, he tags the one, so then he's going to run, and he's going to chase, and he's going to tag, and he's going to run, he's going to chase, you know. You know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to get tagged, fall down, hurt their knee, start crying. So that's exactly what happened, you know. So by the time the girls are coming out of the bathroom, at the end of the day, you know, at the end, you know, one of them's crying. And the other one says, I don't know why he's crying. Well, pop, pop is what they call me. Well, pop, pop got pretty ticked off. How could you say you don't know why he's crying? You know, so I just go off. So here's this, you can imagine being one of their people standing around. Here's this old man yelling at this little kid, you know. How could you say that? How, that's just, and I was looking for another word, couldn't come up with another word, so oh, the only word that came out of my mouth was stupid. Oh, oh how could I say that? You know, grandfathers should never use that word. But it did, the word came out of my mouth. That's just stupid. Oh, so I, so I felt bad, and so the whole way home, I'm thinking about, oh my God, what am I gonna do now? So, yeah, so the words in my mouth, the meditation of my heart was not acceptable, was not pleasing in his sight. So we get home, and so the grandchild who I was yelling at went upstairs, so I follow him upstairs, and we sit down together, you know, kind of like we did when the girls and Glenn were little, you know, so, so we go in, and we sit down, and so I say, well, I, I probably shouldn't say, is, is this going to be like on, in the internet, or... Yeah, okay, I won't tell you which one. So, so this grandchild, I just say his name, and, and, uh, and so I apologize. I said, well, I, I'm really sorry for the way I, I went off and the, the, using the word stupid. Now, again, I didn't call him stupid. I said what he said was stupid, but I still you know, shouldn't even use that word at all. Anyhow. So I just went on to apologize, and I said, but what if, what if it had been me? What if when the girls came out of the bathroom, what if Pop Pop had said, oh, I don't know why he's crying, what if I had said that? Well, that wouldn't be true, would it? No, that wouldn't be true. So I said, okay, so here we go. So when I was mad at you, instead of saying that was stupid, I should have said, that was untruthful. You know, that wasn't the truth. You know, and you know, so anyhow, so I apologized, kind of explained what I could have said, should have said, that would have been more acceptable and, and more pleasing. But, uh, but, but you know, those things happen. So I think even though as, as unpleased as the Lord was when I was using the word stupid and everybody, anyhow, the Lord, I think, was much more pleased when I apologized and said, here's what I could have said or should have said and, uh, you know, kind of explained, you know, how things could have been more acceptable or, or more pleasing. Okay, then it was like the very next day. So then the very next day, one of the granddaughters uh, grandma, you know, said something for her to do. Well, she didn't do it for quite a while. And so grandma was pretty upset with her. She says, why, well, why didn't you do what I you know, asked you to do sooner? Why, why didn't you do it, like, right away? And uh, so anyhow, so her punishment was that she was going to be the last one in line for lunch. Now, at Lana's house, what happens is you get your plate, you stand next to the stove or the whatever, and then you, you get the food put on your plate, and then you go in and sit down. So the, way, the other granddaughter was first. The other granddaughter was last because she didn't do what grandma wanted right away. And so who, who's that leave in the middle? The two boys. 
boys. Yeah, so what are they going to do? You know, I'm going to get ahead. You know, nobody wants to be third. They all want to be, they all want to be, both want to be second. So this one's pushing and this one's pushing. This one's, and so so you, get, you get a fight over who's going to be second in line for lunch because the girl is first and this other girl, you know. So here we go again, you know. So the words of our mouths, the meditations of our hearts are not always acceptable or pleasing, especially when you're a grandparent with your grandkids, right? Yeah. So once again, you know, after, you know, we're all done blowing up and yelling and all that. Okay, so, you know, to the grandsons, uh, you know, this reminds me of a, of, a, of a football player who's in the Hall of Fame, who was a running back for the Chicago Bears. Some of you might already be thinking, oh, I know who that was. Anyway, Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers wrote a book entitled, I Am Third. So I'm telling my grandsons that, uh, you know, there was this famous running back for the Chicago Bears who's in the Hall of Fame, uh, Gail, you know, Gail Sayers' his name. Anyhow, his theme was, I am third. And I'm telling the older grandson, you know, you're the older grandson. You know, you should be setting the example. You're not supposed to be pushing to get ahead, you know. Anyhow, so anyhow, back to Gail Sayers. So his, Gail Sayers' life motto was, you know, the Lord first, you might say my teammates second or others second, and I am third. Yeah. So this is why I brought my water along. <laughs> because even as I get a little emotional even telling that story, the same thing happened with the grandsons. You know, so they're thinking, oh, here's Pop Pop getting, you know, all you know, emotional. But yeah, that, that I am third. And it made him one of the greatest running backs in the history of the NFL with an, with an attitude of, I am third. So I think the story and, you know, Pop Pop getting somewhat emotional kind of got through to the little fellas. So maybe next time they're not gonna be trying to push ahead and see who can get ahead. Because even in Matthew 22, 37 to 39, Jesus said it this way, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Sounds a lot like Gail Sayers, I am third. So it's not possible to always have acceptable words and pleasing thoughts. So when the time comes when we realize, oh, wow, I just blew it again, it's okay. You know, take whatever steps you need to take. If it's apologizing, explaining, uh, and then just keep asking the Lord, like I do every morning, oh, Lord, <laughs> may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable and pleasing unto you. Psalm 1914, I think, is not only a good verse to have at the beginning of each day. I don't know. I don't know if you have teams here or boards or committees or what, whatever kind of meetings you have. Whatever kind of a meeting you have, it's a good way to begin a meeting, too. Because sometimes you're sitting with people at a table, and sometimes you're tempted to say something because like, you're kind of like a seven-year-old or a five-year-old grandson wanting to get ahead or wanting your way or, well, I don't know why that happened. You know, see, we, we're, we're, sometimes in a meeting, we might be tempted 
to say things that are more like a seven-year-old or a five-year-old with an attitude of me and I rather than I am third. So whether, again, it's a, uh, a meeting or the beginning of the day or any time during the day, uh, this verse is a good prayer to, to have. And I think the Lord gave this prayer to David to, to put at the end of this psalm as because, again, there's an enemy in this world, and the enemy in this world wants us to have all these unacceptable thoughts. You know, there's an enemy in our world, and this enemy in our world wants us to say unpleasing things. He wants to say things that, that hurt others, whether it's in your family or at a meeting or wherever it might be or however it might be. And so when the Lord <clears throat> instructed David to, to, to put this scripture, <clears throat> David's admitting that the Lord is the one who can help me because he, he calls him my rock. Uh, other translations have it, my strength, you know, my, my fortress. Okay, so, so the Lord is the one who can help me. You know, he's my helper. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my strength. So I, I think, again, the, the Lord instructed David to put this prayer at the end of this psalm because it's like a confession. Lord, I know there are times when I'm going to mess up, and I, I need you to be my strength. And if you're my strength, I'm more likely to say those acceptable words or pleasing words or have those thoughts that are acceptable and pleasing. And then the other part of it is he also calls the Lord at the end of this, my redeemer. Yeah, because there are times I need to be redeemed. There are times that I say things that hurt others. There are times that I say things that are not pleasing, that are not acceptable. And that's when the Lord says, oh, I'm your redeemer. I will redeem you. I have a, uh, it's called a Life Application Study Bible, and it has a little footnote in here that <clears throat> I think helps a little bit on Psalm 1914. Would you change the way you live if you knew that every word and thought would be examined by God first? <clears throat> I'll try that again. Would you change the way you live if you knew that every word and every thought would be examined by God first? David asks that God approve his words and reflections as though they were the offerings brought to the altar. As you begin each day, interesting, as you begin each day, as you begin each day, determine that God's love will guide what you say and how you think. So we're to think of our words and our thoughts, our meditations as offerings that we're bringing to the altar. And especially if you have grandkids, yeah, Lord, we need your help. We need your strength. We need your redemption. So where you have a sense that the Lord is pleased with what you just said, thank him. And where you have a sense that, oh, gee whiz, I blew it again, whatever the words are, well, just ask him for forgiveness. So I thought as we uh, kind of come to the conclusion of this message that we just take a little time to maybe kind of listen to the Lord uh, where there are thoughts or words that he, that, that are pleasing and acceptable, you know, just that, that, that you would receive that, that he, you could kind of even just hear him say to you, oh, you know, good job, that was pleasing, that was acceptable.
And then where there are words or thoughts that are like, oh, wow, missed the mark. <clears throat> I guess that's another way of thinking of this verse <clears throat> before we do the, the little prayer at the end. Uh, think of this as a target. You know, when you have target practice, you know, whether you're, you're shooting an arrow or whatever you're doing, you know, because we often miss the mark. But think of this as a target. You know, this, this is what we're aiming at. And, you know, sometimes we miss the mark, but sometimes we hit the mark. You know, sometimes we get it. Sometimes we get it right. So think of this. Think of this as a, as a target. So I invite you to, to join me in a, in a time of prayer. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our rock and our redeemer, please bring to the memory of each one here just now a, maybe just a thought. It wasn't even something that they said, but it was just a thought. Just bring to the memory of each person here a thought that we've had recently. Now, please help us to view this thought from your perspective. And Lord, for those thoughts that are pleasing unto you, may we, each one here, just, just give you thanks, give you praise. And then, Lord, for those thoughts that have not been acceptable to you, Lord, we, we apologize. And may each one of us now just express that. And now, Lord, if you would remind us of maybe some words that we have spoken, more than just a thought, but a, a spoken word, something that we've spoken recently. And Lord, for those words that you are reminding us of that were pleasing unto you, may each one of us here just, just give you thanks. And then, Lord, for those words that have been unacceptable unto you, maybe some words that hurt others. Lord, we, we just ask for your forgiveness. So Lord, our strength, thank you for helping us today to say words that are pleasing to you. Thank you for helping us to have acceptable thoughts. And Lord, help us always to remember, the, as, as the verse says, that you are our redeemer. We, we acknowledge we need a redeemer because we often miss the mark. So thank you for loving us so much that you paid the price to redeem us. Thank you for choosing to redeem us. And even though our words are often unpleasing, even though our thoughts are often unacceptable, thank you for choosing to redeem us anyway. Thank you for loving us. And then, Lord, please help us to be more loving and caring toward one another. Lord Jesus, please help us to be more like you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, just before I have Rob come up, uh, in addition to some of the things I was saying earlier before the message, I, I do need also just to say that, you know, thank you for supporting us. <clears throat> It was 11 and a half years ago when, when Glenn died. <clears throat> our, our son Glenn died, yeah, 11 and a half years ago. And, and many of you were there for the calling hours, for the funeral. Many of you sent cards. 
your, your prayers, you know, your, your prayers meant so much at that time. So thank you. And then just thinking of our time together when the Mercers were here. Uh, we worked hard together. We uh, did a lot together. Uh, the Lord blessed in many ways. And, uh, and we had fun. We really did. We really had fun serving the Lord together. Those, those were good, good old days. So thank you for inviting us, welcoming us to, to be here today with you. It's, it's a joy. just love that man's heart, don't you? Oh my goodness. Um, and thank you for giving us much to think about and much to consider. Even as I'm sitting out in the audience, I'm thinking it's not just grandchildren, it's my children I seem to have trouble being the person God is calling me to be with them, with my thoughts and my words sometimes. And um, yeah, thank you. We close our service every week with a time of a family prayer. And if, you've, if you're new or if you haven't seen it before, there are people out front every day with one of these, every Sunday with one of these. It's a, it says prayer team on it. Today it happened to be me, but often it's a member of the body. And our, our hope is that, that you will take the time in the morning to write down those prayers, to just tell somebody who those are. Because what happens when you do is they get written down, they get spoken of up here. They also get put... Um, and what, what we call our app, where they're available to you all week on our prayer wall. And we hope you will use those mechanisms to kind of make sure that we are able to keep in touch. Because it isn't hard sometimes when you leave here on Sundays and you know you have 47,000 things to pray for, and then Tuesday you turn around and you go, I forgot. I didn't lift them up. I didn't pray for them. It's easy to forget because Satan tries to keep us really busy. So we don't pause and remember the things that we are meant to pray for for one another. So it's a great way to keep on task or on tap and make sure you do not forget uh, to do those things we, we want to do. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off some of the prayers we took in today. And then we're going to close in prayer together. First is this, uh, Patty Elliott has asked for prayers for Bill. It looks like her son Bill will need more chemotherapy. And we were hoping he would not, but it looks like we will. He will. He has an MRI on March 4th to kind of confirm things, right? So we know what's going on. Holly Morris has asked for prayers for her Uncle Mike and Aunt Terry that they return from Florida safely. She's also asked for prayers for the troops and to praise God for the new stuff she's doing at Union Station, right? You're loving it, right? Praise God for that. Uh, Tim Smith is in need of prayer. It looks like he may need more surgery for his prostate cancer. Um, it's a challenging diagnosis and in need of the Lord to lift him and to lift Jan up. Pauline Westlake is here, yeah? Hi, Pauline Westlake. 
In case you don't know, she had a hip replacement. And uh, to see her up and around and here is a wonderful, wonderful thing. She wanted to thank everyone. I have a letter for her from her that I will read. Let me get it open. It says, thank you, Gretna family. Thank you for all the cards and the food and the prayers after my surgery. It shows again what a great family we have here at Gretna. May God bless each and every one. Sincerely, Pauline Westlake. So thank you for lifting her up and continuing to strengthen her. Uh, earlier this week, uh, Kim Hartzler er, was in the hospital. She is home. She is healing. She is getting better. I think the words Diane used were, were on Friday where we just broke her out of the hospital. So she's improving and so is Tim. We ask uh, for you to continue to pray for them as they heal. Gary Hudson, if you got the one call earlier this week, uh, took a little spill. Um, thought it would be really fun to cut his jaw open from his ear to his chin. I guess he wanted a personal look at his own carotid artery. That's what I heard. I say that laughingly because he's home. He's been stitched up, um, and he is home and healing, and they've made modifications to the house to make sure that doesn't happen again because he tripped and fell. Uh, but if you have an opportunity to, to pray for him or to go visit him, he lives right there. It's easy to find. Um, he would love to see you. Um, and I, I'm going to miss him at the door for the next few weeks because he is always there so faithful at that door to greet everybody who comes in. So please, if you have opportunity, lift him up and praise God that he's home. He has nothing but wonderful things to say about the medical care he received and the prayers, the prayers that have lifted up him and the doctors and his family throughout this time. So thank you. Thank you very much. If you don't mind, if we would all stand up, I'm going to close us in prayer. I'm sorry? Devin Keith, yes. Keith is home too, by the way. Keith is back home again, and he is healing. And he was even thinking about coming today, but he was afraid we'd get him all sick. So we don't want to do that. So he stayed home for another week. Hopefully, we will see him next week. So let us close in prayer. Father God, we are so thankful. Thankful that you have healed our brother Gary and lifted him back up. We are thankful that Keith is home. We are thankful that for the many blessings that you shower upon our lives each and every day. And help us, as Lynn said, to start every day remembering that that you have called us to consider our words and our thoughts and to line them up with yours because yours are holy and ours sometimes are not. But that you also redeem us when they're not, when we trust you. When we return to you and we call upon your name, there is power in that. When we trust your spirit to guide us, to strengthen us, to lead us. We are redeemed in you. And that is a gift that we cannot possibly begin to measure. Lord God, what a blessing it is for us to meet here today. I pray you will be with those who are in pain, who are hurting, and those prayers that you heard from us, you heard the callings of our hearts, those that, are, that we care for that are close to us, that are in need of healing from you healing that only you can provide. We lift them up in prayer. We are 
praising you for the gifts that you give us, but we lift up in prayer those who are in need as well. Because we know you, you and only you are the one that can bring true healing. And as Lynn said, let the meditations of our hearts and the words of our mouth be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my Redeemer. It is in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. Thank you.